Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, like Marcus Spears, in just a minute on the Shell Pinzoil Performance Line. We're also going to go live to D.C., where this Dwayne Haskins story has me absolutely fascinated, and we will get the latest from our Washington football team reporter, John Kime. He'll jump in. If you haven't heard this story, you're not going to believe it. We'll get to it in just a minute. We're going to talk about the Steelers with Marcus in a minute here. We're going to talk about Sam Darnold and decisions there. If you're just joining me, we just missed Brian Kelly, coach of Notre Dame, talking about um, their upcoming game with Alabama. So there's a million different things going on, and I'm thrilled that you are with me. And I will start with some news that will make you thrilled as well. This is the best news you will hear from sports today. If you saw what happened about a week and a half ago, Keontae Johnson, who was a basketball player at the University of Florida, collapsed on the court. And immediately you could see there was significant concern. And I can't be the only person who was immediately thinking of Hank Gathers. I'm old enough to remember when that happened with Gathers and Loyola Marymount and everything else. And that scared me to death. And then you heard the stories from his family that he was in a medically induced coma. And then there had been reports that he was doing better. And I can now give you this wonderful update from his family. Today is a great day. Keontae is being released from the hospital. We continue to be amazed at the pace of his recovery and look forward to spending Christmas together as a family. So that is, it goes on to thank everyone for their support, well wishes, thoughts, and prayers, and all the rest of that. But wonderful news. So Keontae Johnson, who, that was about as scary looking a thing as we've seen in sports in recent uh, time, uh, is uh, being released from the hospital, according to his family. So that is wonderful news. In the meantime, it is my pleasure to bring in my big friend Marcus Spears, who's with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line with a million different things to get into around the NFL and the NBA, because Marcus Spears, Marcus, you tell me, am I saying this right? As the swagoo joins us here on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, would you say that of all the non-former basketball players on the staff at ESPN. So take out Jalen and Jay Williams and people like that. Do you believe you are the best basketball player? It's not even close, G. <laughs> not even close. Um, obviously, my athleticism has uh, gone down a notch. But I'm still savvy to the game of basketball. I would know how to get buckets and defend and hold without the referee being able to see it. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be fine. So, yes, it's safe to say that I'm the best non-professional uh, basketball player at ESPN. All right, and I love talking basketball with you, and we're going to do that in a few minutes as well because you said something on Get Up this morning that I thought was completely crazy. But let's let's start with two other things. Let's start with football. <laughs> let's start with the Steelers. I mean, what the actual heck, Marcus? How do we explain what has become of the Steelers? And maybe more importantly, what, if anything, can they do to right this ship in the next two weeks? Gee, it's going to be crazy difficult, man, because, look, I hate saying that teams are are soft or don't play physical. Um, something I never thought we'd ever say about, obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers and knowing their history and how they play. And I don't think they are a, a soft football team. They just don't have the guys up front. With the, with the old type of physicality that we have grown accustomed to with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the second thing is, man, you have an aging quarterback that you're asking to throw the ball upwards of 40, high 40s, even to 50 times sometimes in the game, and that's just not conducive, especially with being coming back off of an elbow. And then, like we saw against the Cincinnati Bengals, like no one fears this team either. 
Um, I think the Bengals did did a did a service to teams in the future. Now, whether Pittsburgh can take advantage of what Cincinnati did, since it, let me tell people what they did. What they did was basically saying, y'all ain't good enough to beat us. Y'all receivers ain't good enough to beat our guys, and we're going to play man-to-man, and we're going to get up on you and press, and we know Ben wants to get rid of the ball fast, but there will be nowhere to go because we, we are going to have all of these receivers locked up. And that was the narrative from last night, G. And that's the part that scares me more than anything is that they had no answer for that. It was no answer for saying, hey, we don't respect y'all offense. We're going to take away Big Ben's short passing game, and you won't be able to do anything else. And, yeah, I, I saw Benny Snell ran for, I think, 84 yards, um, which, which for any other time is a good output. But that's not how the Steelers are built. So that gets lost in the performance as well. But, yeah, this team is they, – they in an ugly, bad situation. Like, to be faltering offensively at this point of the year, knowing – and and us knowing as as well as them who they'll have to be in order to try to win the Super Bowl, let alone looking at Cleveland and what they are able to do offensively, even in their own division. So yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of things going awry right now with the Pittsburgh Steelers that I don't think that they can get fixed here in a matter of two weeks. And if they don't, what we may be seeing in the next few weeks is the end of Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. What's been an incredible run. If you're just joining us, Dan Graziano telling us this morning, Ben Roethlisberger's cap number right now for next season in Pittsburgh is over $41 million. So they could either A, extend his contract further out to try and sort of lessen the blow in any in a short season. But I don't know if, if they he looks right now like you want to do that. Or they may have to move on from him. So, you know, Marcus, with Eli retiring last year and Phillip Rivers no longer a charger, the last of that group, we might be seeing the end of Ben in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Gian, that's not far-fetched. Look, Ben, ben Roethlisberger has nothing to be ashamed of with this career. Obviously, you don't want to see um, legends or your, your heroes go down the way it's looking right now. Like, Ben looks old. We had this conversation about Eli Manning. I'm glad you brought that name up. Like it wasn't that it wasn't that Eli couldn't make the throws every now and then. It wasn't that he couldn't put together a good performance for a string of two to three weeks. But you see Father Time start to catch up. You see the arm strength, what these guys rely on. You see the the the, the ability that Ben had to evade rush, even in getting hit, but not being an easy person to take down. Like, all of that stuff played into his greatness, and he just doesn't have that anymore, right? Like, this whole, you know, we want to we can, we can press the offensive coordinator about the things that he's doing, but it may be a result of Ben not being able to do some of the things you, you, we've grown accustomed to seeing Ben do. So it's a lot of things that could be into effect um, as far as why the offense looks like, looks like it looks, but – you know, I think that's a great point you make, G. Like, yes, this is what it looks like when we see the end of an aging quarterback. These are some of the signs that you start to see. You start to see offenses get real vanilla. Think about um, Peyton Manning and, and, and his time when he was at Denver. It took a lot of support from a defense. He had some young, really good receivers that he could throw the ball short to, and then they could make up, you know, and, and at the end you're looking at a 350-yard game 
and it's been one pass with 20 yards of air yards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where we are with Ben, potentially. And if you don't build around, to Bryce's point, when we were talking about it this morning, if all of those things around him are not, not all of them, but if majority of the things around him aren't elite, then he's not going to lift that level anymore like we are used to. And it's unfortunate to see that, but it's also like a graceful, um, you know, Ben is in his 18th year, man. Like, this, that, this is, this is and, and, and still, to win 11 games is difficult in the league. So I don't want to take that away from him, but the way we're looking at it and the way it looks, yes, it looks like Ben has lost, you know, a lot of those things that he used to make up for when his team didn't have something in certain areas. And he's just not having that ability to do that right now. And Marcus Spears is with me here on Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Marcus, I want you to hang on as we listen to John Kime here because I want I want to discuss with you this story in Washington and I want to get the details here. So John Kime covers the Washington football team for us at ESPN and he is with me on the Shell Penzoil performance line. Um, for those who are not aware of it, there is, a, I think, a very important football story developing in Washington. And John Thank you for taking a minute here. Let's let's assume that there are people listening to us right now who have literally no idea what has happened. I just want to give you the floor. What what do we know exactly about what has happened with Dwayne Haskins Sunday? Yes, well, obviously he started in their 20 to 15 loss to Seattle. Afterward, he went to a strip club or there's a there was an Instagram photo that showed him at a strip club club hours later which, you know, in and of itself Normal times, nothing wrong with that, but he's not wearing a mask. That's the issue. And so um, the team is aware of that. They have let the league know about that. Dwayne Haskins has apologized for that. Um, That, in a nutshell, is what's going on. And I think the, the problem for Washington is that this is coming at a time where they have a chance to clinch the NFC East title on Sunday, and they may have needed him to play quarterback again, depending on Alex Smith's status. So, in a nutshell, that's what's going on. When you say may have needed him, you were saying that as though that is not an option. What more can you tell me about that? Well, I can tell you that they're optimistic that Alex Smith should be able to return for Sunday. He has that strained calf that he suffered. It was um, a December 13th game against San Francisco. They are optimistic that he can return. So if that's the case, then they don't need Dwayne Haskins. Um, I think they're also trying to avoid a distraction, which is why it sounds like that, well, this, which is why this is being handled internally, which means, which would mean likely a fine versus any sort of suspension or anything beyond that. And again, there's no, um, there's no mystery as to whether or not this happened because uh, Dwayne Haskins himself Correct. tweeted an apology. So he's acknowledging that it happened. Um, I, John, I may be asking you a question that we don't know the answer to yet, but if indeed he did violate these protocols, would he even be eligible to play on Sunday? Let's, let's say Alex Smith can't play. Um, I don't know exactly what the testing protocols become, but we have a picture of him here with people with no mask. How would that work Correct. to the best of our knowledge? Well, first of all, they get tested every day. And so, and I know the league is aware of the photo. Um, now, what they go from there, what goes from there, I don't know yet, Greeny. And so that's, I can't really say that he would or would not be eligible to play. Mm. But what we do know is they get tested every day. And, I, you know, I, I would, I mean, listen, it wouldn't be surprising if the team tries to keep him away from some of the other quarterbacks during the week in meetings. It just has him work remotely so that way he, if, if he indeed if he had caught something 
that he then doesn't spread it to the rest of the team and it creates a situation like what Denver faced a few weeks ago. Yeah, could take down um, could take down a lot of people with him. All right, John Kime, excellent work. Thank you for jumping in. I really appreciate it. If you get any further information, please, by all means, call us. John Kime, our Washington football team reporter. Meanwhile, let me bring Marcus Spears back into the conversation. Marcus, you'll be on um, NFL Live in a few hours on ESPN. I'm sure this will be a huge part of your show today. What what do you think of this? Again, um, you just heard as, all the information that we have. What is your reaction to this business with Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins? Gee, it's indefensible, man. Like, I tweeted earlier, I'm so furious I didn't know what to say. Um, you know, I'm going to take you back because this was, this was on your show. Do you remember when Dak and Zeke threw that party? Mm-hmm. Yes. When all of this was first initially started? Mm-hmm. And I said that was, that was stupid and a dumb decision? Well, this is taking the cake. Um, and then, too, let's talk about Dwayne Haskins from a personal standpoint. Dwayne Haskins had been demoted to the number three guy, got an opportunity to play in the playoffs and, and start for this team that's fighting for a divisional round opportunity to get into the playoffs. And Dwayne Haskins decides, I'm going to go to the strip club and I'm going to not wear a mask when every day in the NFL, every single day, G. Every day. I'm not talking about some days. I'm talking about every day in the league. The, the, the protocol has been predicated on staying safe to keep everybody else safe. And this dude goes out to a strip club in the middle of the season with no mask on, not in the middle of the season, in the, in the midst of trying to make the playoffs. Now, this is for Dwayne Haskins because the, here's the thing. People, well, he's 23 years old. He made a mistake. It's not a mistake. What it is is arrogant. What it is is you thinking that you're invisible to what is totally obvious, that you have the keys to a franchise as of right now and an and opportunity that people would die for to get a shot in the playoffs, to have the opportunity to say, I'm a part of the reason why the Washington football teams made the playoffs and you are selfish enough to go to a strip club, breaking all of the protocol that you've had to go through every day, and you want a franchise to trust you to be the star. Man, listen, G, you know me, man. It's a lot of stuff I can say, and I can get loud and irate and get crazy. But this ain't no defense for this. This is just dumb and stupid for for Dwayne Haskins to do, especially in his personal current situation as far as trying to figure out if he can even be a franchise quarterback for a winning organization. It's the worst possible decision. And, yeah, I like to say, well, who are the people that allowed it? I'm not doing that anymore. Dwayne Haskins should be smart enough. Dwayne Haskins has been in the league, in the facility, understanding the severity of making sure you're doing the right things at all times. And this is the decision you make after what you've been through, after being demoted. This is the decision you make. I can't defend that. And it, and it would be stupid. I would be joining the stupid train hmm. if I tried to defend it. Hmm. 
Marcus Spears with me on ESPN Radio. And again, I have no doubt you guys, Laura and Dan and Mina and Marcus, every single day for Eastern on ESPN. We'll be talking about that a lot on NFL Live. While I have you a minute here, I'm not going to get to the basketball because that that was worth it. It, It's just more important than that. But I did want to ask you about my New York Jets. Um, And that is up until last week. I think we all thought the future was pretty well mapped out for the Jets, and that is they were going to finish with the first pick in the draft. They were going to take Trevor Lawrence, and they were going to see where it went from there. Now it seems very unlikely that's going to happen. So from where you sit, if the Jets, well, the Jets are guaranteed to get the second pick, actually. With Cincinnati winning yesterday, the Jets can, can pick no worse than second. Do you believe they should take a quarterback like Justin Fields, or do you believe they should go forward with Sam Darnold? Now, I believe you go forward with Sam Darnold, and that doesn't mean I don't I don't think Justin Fields can be a good quarterback. Now, there's caveats, obviously, G, but for me, I think there's potential with Sam Darnold. I've talked about us seeing what has happened with Baker Mayfield this year, and you know me, of all people, I thought that the Baker Mayfield train had already left the station mm-hmm. when it came to trying to determine if he was a franchise quarterback or not. And come to find out, in the right type of situation, based on what people were telling me, is that Baker Mayfield can be that. And I believe say, I believe the same thing for Sam Darnold. Now, does Sam Darnold have to stop turning the football over? Yeah, but so did Baker Mayfield. Does Sam Darnold have to be surrounded by good players? Yeah. So does Baker Mayfield. So does um, Ryan Tannehill. Like, I just think he needs a, a real shot. With a, with a coach that's going to put him in a position to be successful, and then we can determine that. But the skill set of Sam Dorner lends itself to being a really good quarterback. Now I'll see if somebody can bring it out of it. That's what I'm rooting for. Hey, Swagoo, listen, if I don't get a chance to talk to you between now and then, have a wonderful Christmas. It has been such a... You know, a difficult year in so many ways, and I have leaned on you on television and radio more than I could put into words. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and you have a wonderful holiday, and I will see you soon. As always, my brother, love you back, man. Give the family my best. Tell Stacy what's up, and I'm so happy for your son. You got another one in Northwestern. <laughs> I love it, brother. Thank you. Thank you very much. Marcus Spears, who has become a, as, as close a friend as I have in the whole place, and is doing a fabulous job with Dan and Laura and Mina every single day on NFL Live, and they'll get into that. Look, I didn't come back to radio because I want to yell and scream about things like this. I, 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 I have more than ever in this year – I have really wanted to celebrate the word joy. The word joy is actually the word that I, that I have, have used as my sort of marching orders. That sports, when it comes to designing our shows here, I, I have a hand in, in what we do on TV in the morning and, and what we do here on the radio every day. And the word joy has been sort of my guiding principle. Like now more than ever, people want to get joy from sports I don't want to sit here and yell and scream about things that make us angry. There's too many others of those things out there already. Like, let's talk about the, th- the ways that this stuff brings us joy. But you just can't ignore the judgment, the decision-making. It's so, it's so astonishing. Again, this is not a value judgment on a 23-year-old man going to a strip club. That that's, that's not, has no, no bearing in this conversation. And even on his deciding to go there after playing badly in a loss that's not for me to say. It's not for me to judge. Candidly, it's none of my business. But to violate the protocol so flagrantly and blatantly and recklessly and purposely, I mean, it's not an accident. 
Unless someone snapped that photo when his mask had been accidentally knocked off and he was scrambling. I'm being, I'm almost kidding around now about something that isn't funny. It's not an accident. This was a terrible decision. And the consequences should be really, really serious because of it. All right, we will get to all the basketball, uh, which I did not get to here, which I meant to. I will tell you where all the pressure is. As this NBA season gets started, there is one place where there is more pressure, I think, than everywhere else combined, and it isn't in Los Angeles. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sends it over to Durant, catch and shoot three on its way and in. Toes the line, shoots a three. Steph Curry is back, Curry is back. Luka Doncic willing Dallas back. The NBA is back. And better than ever. And here we go as I will give you now my sense of, I see all. This is Green. I'm just going to tell you exactly how this is going to play out over the next few months. And let us start uh, very simply with who I think is going to win the whole thing. And I told you earlier, I believe the Lakers are a significant favorite. They are not nearly the prohibitive favorite that the Warriors with Kevin Durant were. The Warriors with Kevin Durant, as I told you at the time, and I will continue to say, were a detriment to the sport. They were bad for basketball. I don't blame anyone, including Kevin Durant. Were I in his shoes, I may very well have done the same thing. It's not his job to worry about what's best for basketball. It's his job to worry about what's best for Kevin Durant. And he went to Golden State and he won a couple of championships and it all worked out just fine for them. But I think it took all the suspense out of the league. It was a terrible thing for the NBA. The Lakers are not that. They are the favorite with LeBron and Anthony Davis. It will be a surprise if someone beats them, but it will not be a shock. There are teams out there that can play with them. There was no one out there that could play with the Warriors when they won 73 games and then added Kevin Durant. So the Lakers are the favorite. I be, I'm picking them to win. They certainly are my prediction for NBA champion. Again, it is not as pro, nearly as significant a favorite as those Warriors were. Short of that, they're about as significant a favorite as I can remember in, in recent times. Somewhere along the line of where Miami was when they put together the Heatles. Something like where the Lakers were with Kobe after Shaq. They're that kind of favorite to me. And who will they play in the NBA Finals? I'm predicting the Lakers will, in the NBA Finals, play their long-standing nemesis, their arch rivals, the Boston Celtics, who've been knocking on that door for several years and I believe are going to finally kick it in. I don't think they beat the Lakers, but I think they get there. If I'm the Celtics, I don't even entertain breaking up my young core I think that is a great young group of players led by Jason Tatum, who last year was playing at an MVP caliber level. And between him and Brown and that whole group of guys, 
I don't think that the departure of Gordon Haywood significantly hurts them. I think they're going to be just fine. I think the Celtics are my pick in the East. Although there are a lot of other places you could go, one of those will be Brooklyn, and I will stop there for you in just a minute. But first, let me give you the rest of my picks. My next pick will be for MVP of the league this year, and I think there are a lot of players. I think popular picks for MVP this year will include Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and others. But my pick is Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic came into his own, and, and again, I hate, I hate admitting when I'm wrong, but I always will. I was dead wrong on him. I did not think Luka Doncic was going to be an NBA star. And it did not take me long to figure out I was wrong, and then it did not take me, uh, certainly through last year's playoffs, to realize not only is he a star, but he's on the verge of being the answer to the question, if you could start a team with any one player right now, who would it be? In fact, I think he is the answer to that question. With LeBron James at the age of 30, what is he, 36 this week? With LeBron James at the age of 36 and all those other guys, LeBron, Kawhi, KD, Steph, that group a little older, amongst the young players in the sport right now, Luka Doncic is the guy you start a team with, ahead of Giannis, ahead of Anthony Davis, and ahead of anybody else. Doncic is that good. And I'm predicting he will be the MVP. Who's the coach of the year going to be? I'm glad you asked. You know, so much has happened in such a short time, you might not have even noticed. Did you see Stan Van Gundy is coaching the New Orleans Pelicans? And that's a great job to have. Boy, do I feel bad for Alvin Gentry, who did everything the team wanted him to do last year, handled it exactly the right way for their future, and then got whacked. What happened to Alvin Gentry last year was an injustice. He did not deserve to get fired for that situation. Absolutely shouldn't have. And now Stan Van Gundy is going to reap the benefit of that. I think Stan is a good coach. I like Stan a lot, always have. Um, And he's not just a fun personality. He's an excellent coach. And he's got an excellent young team. And if Zion is healthy, no minutes restrictions, Zion is a superstar. A superstar. They got a ton of good players there. Ingram is a great young player. You're going to pay attention to New Orleans this year. I'm telling you that right now. They're not just going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a really good team and fun to watch. And Stan Van Gundy is going to be my pick to be the coach of the year. So I've told you who the MVP is going to be, but that doesn't mean that Doncic is going to be the most important player because the most important player in the NBA is actually his teammate, Kristaps Porzingis, because I will make this statement. If Kristaps Porzingis is able to stay healthy, The Dallas Mavericks are the biggest threat to the Lakers in the West. Let me say that again. If Kristaps Porzingis stays healthy, the Dallas Mavericks are the biggest threat to the Lakers in the West. The problem with that is I don't believe he will. I worry enormously. I never like to say I don't think someone's going to stay healthy because he kind of put in bad mojo out there. And who wants that? Who wants to be the guy who predicted that? I love the sport. I'd love to see him be healthy. I'd love to see a seven foot three guy who can shoot threes um, dominate the unit, be the unicorn that he was born to be. So if he's healthy all year long, they're the biggest threat to the Lakers. And in that way, I'll say he's the most important player in the sport.
And my prediction for Rookie of the Year, just quickly, in a year that is somewhat unspectacular for that, is James Wiseman in Golden State. Everyone loves him. The NCAA couldn't wait to make sure he didn't play for them. Um, but the little bit of him that we saw in college, everyone got a sense. If he had played all through college last year, I think he would have been the first pick. Uh, I think he's that kind of good. He's on a, an improving team. I believe James Wiseman is going to be the Rookie of the Year. But that brings us then to the team that I think is under the most pressure. And the team that is under the most pressure is the one in Brooklyn. I don't include the Lakers because we know they're, we know what they are. We know what they are. The Lakers are great and they're the defending champs. LeBron is, is chasing a ghost, the ghost of Michael Jordan. I get that. But there's not that kind of pressure on the Lakers this year. There's that kind of pressure on the Nets. Do we know what they're going to be? I don't. Kyrie acting the way he's acting, all the stuff he's doing, maybe it's great. I'm rooting for it. I'm right here. I'm in New York. I'm looking right over my left shoulder at the, at, at the borough of Brooklyn. I'd love to see them bring meaningful basketball to New York, which the Heritage franchise in this, in this town has not been able to do for 20 years and shows no signs that's going to change anytime soon. I'd love to see the Nets be great. And they might be. Durant is unbelievable. And they've got good pieces. Everybody knows Durant and Kyrie. The world doesn't necessarily know Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie. That's a good team. Really good. So they might be great. But I could also see a scenario in which that whole thing goes sideways in a big way. A big way. And Kyrie, Steve Nash, who's the coach? Is he really the coach? I mean, all of that. You can say I didn't mean it all you want. It's a lot easier to say after you've said it. So I could see that thing going sideways on them. I hope it doesn't. I hope it's great. And it could be great. But to me, there's all the pressure in the world on them. Because I believe anything short of the NBA Finals for the Nets is a disappointment. Losing to the Lakers, there's no shame in that. Losing to the Celtics, to Toronto, to Miami, to Milwaukee. If you're Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I think that is a disappointment. So we shall see. All right, right now I'm going to load up the phones. It's time for you to give me a call. We are going to play a little game that we call What Do You Want to Know? You ask me a question about sports, and Lord knows there's plenty of things to talk about, and I will answer it. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776 is my phone number. 888-SAY-ESPN. Call. We'll play What Do You Want to Know right after this. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let us wrap it up today with your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. We will do a little game we called What Do You Want to Know? You'll ask a question, anything you want about sports, and I will do my best to answer it. You have to work your way through Nuno and hashtag Bubba. 
to make it onto the air. So, Bubba, who is first up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? Yeah, first we have Joe. Joe, you're on ESPN Radio. Joe, what do you want to know? Greeny, big year for the Nets. Who plays more or less due to potential injury, Durant or Kyrie? Well, I mean, I, I think that there's every reason to be concerned about Kevin Durant being healthy long term. The history of that injury is that guys usually don't come back all the way. But I don't think that he'll miss a lot of time. I just wonder if he will in any way be limited by the injury, if he will still be the Kevin Durant that he was, which was the second best player in the world. With all due respect to Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world, and Kevin Durant was a half a step below him. Will he be that again? We'll see. Kyrie, I think injuries are the least of the concerns. Yes, there have been a lot of injury concern or injuries with Kyrie over the course of time, but every time he talks, it makes me nervous about the direction this whole thing might go. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it doesn't get sideways on them, but that's what I'd be worried about more than anything else. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? Mason is up next. Mason, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny. With three straight losses and two matchups against two playoff teams, what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers? They've fallen and they won't get up. In fact, what we are seeing is the end of this era of Pittsburgh Steelers football. I can't believe it, but last night was a get-right game and they got wrong. And Ben Roethlisberger threw for seven yards in the first half and his cap number is $41 million next year. So the Steelers are not going to get this right this year. They may wind up losing the division. They're definitely not going to make a deep run in the playoffs. And I believe that's going to be the end of Ben in Pittsburgh. I really do. I find it difficult to picture them extending him to try and extend out that number. So does he decide like Rivers did that he wants to go play somewhere else? Or is that it for Ben Roethlisberger? First ballot, big room, Hall of Famer, all-time great career. I think we're seeing the end of it right now. I don't know how it got from where it was. Clearly, defensive injuries are a major factor, but they're not the only ones. I was a believer in the Steelers until last night. Last night, if that was a sinking ship, it took on too much water. I officially jumped off. I I believe the Steelers are not it this year, and I don't know that they will win a playoff game. I'm not even sure at this point that they will win the division. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's talk to Karen. Karen, what would you like to know? Karen, uh, this is Karen. Mr. Greeny, did... Beating the Steelers last night somehow saved Zach Taylor's job, and I please, please hope the answer is no. Thank you for your time. Bubba, I'm having a little bit of difficult time understanding. What was the question? Yeah, did last night's win for the Bengals save Zach Taylor's job? And she's oh. hoping the answer is no. You know, I, I, Kim, I don't want to give Karen. you an answer. Karen, I'm sorry. I don't want to give you an answer I don't know. Um, I don't know the answer to that. It feels to me like when Joe Burrow was there, Things felt like they were moving in a pretty optimistic direction. They were playing people tough. Burrow obviously looked fabulous. There was some question slash um, criticism that they were putting him in harm's way too much. I mean, the Bengals have a lot of problems on, on, from a personnel standpoint. Do I think it saves his job? No, that would be crazy. To make a decision on your the, the future of your coach based on that game last night, I think would make no sense. I'd like to think that decision is being made by whether or not they think he is the right coach for Joe Burrow and whatever the next incarnation of that team is going to be, they're going to have the third, fourth, fifth pick, something like that. They'll be in that neighborhood. They should get more good players, get Burrow back healthy. Hopefully, at the start of next season, you make your decision based on that. It shouldn't have anything to do with what happened last night. But I don't really have a sense of whether he's going to come back or not. Give me one more, Bubba. Go ahead. Yeah, we got David. All right, David, what do you want to know? 
Mr. Greeny, uh, Dolphin Nation Mexico loves you. We admire you, even if you have really poor taste in football teams. Uh, we wanted, wanted to know, uh, where would you rank Tua Tungabaloa three years from now as far as quarterbacks in the NFL overall? Right. He's another one that needs to stay healthy. That's the fear. You know, the fear with guys like, and they, for a variety of different reasons, but you know what they are. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Zion Williamson, Tua Tungabaloa. Guys who, there are guys who just always tend to be hurt. And Tua was one of those guys in college. You hope to like crazy that he stays healthy because if so, he looks like he's spectacular. You see all of the magic. You see what everybody loved about him. He has elevated that team. Brian Flores didn't put him out there because they wanted to see what they had. He put him out there because he thought that he made, gave the Dolphins a better chance to make the playoffs, and they will. They're going to beat the Raiders this weekend, and they're going to make the playoffs. And Tua looks like he's terrific. The question is, does he stay healthy? If he stays healthy, then three years from now, he's a star. He's an NFL star. And that team, by the way, if Tua stays healthy, then that team is a Super Bowl contender as much more, much, much sooner than three years from now. What's on your mind brought to you by my computer career training for a better life. Thank you so much for being a part of this today. What a really interesting day this was. Enjoy the basketball. It's back and better than ever tonight. Two games. We'll be covering it for you tomorrow morning on Get Up. And then right back here, same time, same place on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.